Hi there, and welcome back to the North County Beat. This is a podcast from the Coast News Group. My name is Kelly Kyle. I am a reporter with the Coast News. Remember that new episodes of the North County Beat drop every Friday, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So now let's get right to it with a few of the week's top stories. Craft beer fans, you are going to love this one. Ballast Point Brewery is craft once again. It was acquired by the independent craft brewery Kings and Convicts earlier this week. Ballast Point was founded in San Diego in 1996, but it was sold in 2015 for $1 billion to Constellation Brands. They're makers of big-name beers like Corona, Modelo, Pacifico, and a few others you've probably heard of. Kings and Convicts will retain Ballast Point's workforce of over 500 employees, and they will take over all California locations and a Chicago brew pub. Those looking for a local alternative to the big fabric stores will have one less option in 2020. After nearly 50 years in business, the family-owned regional fabric chain Yardage Town will close up shop in Encinitas. Currently, the stores are run by the founder's son, Michael Recht, who at 71 is ready to retire. Local residents are getting nostalgic on social media, posting their memories of the shop over the years. Yardage Town will remain open for business until early 2020. That's when their lease is up. In sports, two Avocado League football teams showed out during the CIF San Diego Section Championships at Southwestern College over November's final weekend. El Camino High School upset the top-ranked Bishop Knights by a score of 75-59 to to take the Division II crown. Meanwhile, Oceanside High School toppled Lincoln High School by a score of 28-10 to to win the Division I title. Both schools are now looking at dates in their respective state regionals, with El Camino taking on Temecula Valley on December 6th and Oceanside facing off against Corona Del Mar on December 7th. If you're looking for a few laughs, you are in luck. A new comedy club in Escondido has just what you need. Officially opened last month, the Grand Comedy Club is the first of its kind in North County before people would have to drive as far as La Jolla to catch a stand-up show, according to the club's owner, Adam Wasserman. The venue is also giving locally-based comedians the chance to get some laughs in their hometown. It's also drawing in some bigger names in comedy for shows down the line. Stay tuned for all that's coming up over there. If you're near the 7-Eleven in Cardiff, walk around to the back wall. You'll see a beautiful new mural that was just painted earlier this week by Swedish artist Jonas Clayson. It's there to honor community member Tate McDowell, who died of rectal cancer in October at the age of 39. The 7-Eleven's owner, Harbier Verk, was a friend of Tate's and thought his spot would be perfect for this image. There's a design committee in Cardiff, and they were like, we've identified this wall for something. And I was like, well, I think I know what I want. It just all lined up. I also spoke with Tate's wife, Laura Bodmer McDowell, about the art, the artists, and why Tate had such an impact in the Cardiff community. So what is Tate McDowell's story? Tate McDowell uh, was a filmmaker, action sports guy, um, who made Emmy-nominated, Emmy-awarded shows, commercials, dozens of films and documentaries. And we lived here in Cardiff for the last 10 years. 
he was often out at seaside in our in our Balboa van surfing and he was a really really good dad. So the mural that just went up how did the inspiration for that come about? I understand it is one of Tate's designs. Tate had always slowed down when we were on vacation in particular and brought out watercolors and sketchbooks. When Tate was diagnosed with cancer in 2016, watercolors became a way to really bring himself into the present and savor and absorb moments. He started bringing all his watercolor supplies when he was in chemo and different treatments and he'd pull them out and just disappear into the world of a good memory in those times. The image is so beautiful. So can you tell me about the image, what we're looking at when we see it? So the painting is called More Green Flashes, and Tate made the original watercolor of that this August 2019, and he had had a real rough patch um, with his cancer and miraculously rebounded from that unexpectedly. And and we spent a week at San Alijo Campground here in Cardiff with some good friends from Tahoe. And he, we had an evening where we had our camper out there with our friends that you see in the picture and uh, their various campers. And we looked out at the sky and Tate said, I think there's gonna be a green flash tonight. And our friend said, we've never seen one before. I don't even think it's real. And we all sat quietly in the kids and we looked out at the ocean and there was this marvelous big green flash. And, um, Tate, as he worked on that piece, talked about how, you know, we all need to see through, through the, the challenging and the hard and, and look for those green flashes and really grab onto them. And the artist, Jonas, who brought this one to life, how did that partnership come up? Tate was always reaching out to people he found inspiring. And that was Jonas. He, you know, Tate was doing ocean-themed watercolors and sketches, and Jonas is globally known for that and Tate reached out to them and they started talking and talking about the process and and how they did things um, when Tate was alive and when Tate passed and the idea came about to do the mural one of Tate's good friends Rob Machado reached out to Jonas knowing that him and Tate had been in touch and said hey there's going to be this mural is there any chance that you would like to do it how would you describe Tate's legacy in the Cardiff community Tate was really creative. He was always looking for new ways to create and new ways to work with other people and combine ideas. And he was really warm and kind. And I watched as he became wiser and even kinder and slowed down and was more present throughout his cancer journey. Because of that, a lot of people connected with him, um, other parents, but people at the beach, surfers, all, all sorts of people in this town were really affected by him and, and are now really affected by his loss. And what do you hope that community members that knew Tate or maybe folks that had heard of him who walk by and see this mural, what do you hope that they take away from it? I hope that they take the message to slow down. And what he really learned in the last years and shared with me was being present, enjoying your friends, enjoying your family, taking that moment, putting your phone down um, and building connections and, and finding joy. Thank you so much, Laura. Seriously, next time you're stopping for gas or grabbing a coffee at 7-Eleven, walk around the back, check out the mural. It's really stunning and a great nod to a big player in Cardiff's community. Now, before we move on, we do want to remind listeners that tickets are available for the Encinitas American Legion's fourth annual Army-Navy game tailgate fundraiser on December 14th. 
The party kicks off at 11 a.m. at the American Legion on West F Street. Proceeds benefit the new world-class Veterans Resource Center. Now let's talk about the state of California. Now it's not quite as old as our counterparts on the East Coast, but we've still got several historic landmarks out there. This final story looks at a ranch in Encinitas. The Boomin Ranch is already registered as a historic place in the state of California. Now it's looking to gain that recognition nationally. Reporter Lexi Broat visited the ranch. She's going to take us back in time to 1886 on a homestead settled out in the Wild West. Now this one here was Grandpa's first plow. It broke ground on this place in the 1880s. We'll go in here. Uh, watch your foot and your head. Okay. So what you're hearing right now is Encinitas resident Richard Bowman giving me a tour of what could be the last intact homestead ranch in all of San Diego County. And this here is probably one of our, our better antiques. Uh, it's, an, it's an 1899 Reaper. And it was used on this ranch for years and years, from 1899. Developed by his grandfather in 1886, the ranch once encompassed 480 acres of the surrounding hillside in Olivenhain, a neighborhood in Encinitas. The ranch was recently recognized as a state historic landmark in early November. Now Richard and his wife Twink, who live on the ranch, are waiting to see if it will make it onto the National Register of Historic Places. Richard says the ranch's approval is nearly certain. And it's really no surprise. As soon as you step on the ranch or into its blacksmith shop or one of its old barns, you are instantly transported back to the 19th century. The tools that Richard was just showing me, for instance, really just scratch the surface. You're just seeing the top part. It goes down. And the, the funny thing is, the deeper you dig, the, the older it gets. Do you still find that you discover new things around oh, All the here? time. Every now and again, yeah, I'll see something I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. Richard and Twink moved to the ranch in 1985, but Richard has known this place for his whole life. His grandfather, Hermann Friedrich Willem Boomen, a German immigrant and original colonist in Levenhain, settled the land in 1886 through the Homestead Act. I'll let Richard explain exactly what that is. So if you took a square mile and cut it into quarters, each quarter is a homestead. It's 160 acres. And if you, if you could prove that you've worked that and improved it, you know, you, you, you put in field crops and you built some buildings and whatnot, then in the end of five years, if the government says that you did all those things, then you get what is called a patent. And once you get a patent, then you own it. You could sell it the next day if you wanted to. But in fact, he didn't. Not only did Herman not sell the homestead, but he turned the property into a self-sustaining ranch, gaining income mostly through livestock. But Herman also dabbled in winemaking and beekeeping. But the ranch gradually declined in both income and size since its heyday in the early 20th century, eventually dwindling down to the 10 acres that still exist today. Most ranch activity has subsided at this point, with Richard and Twink mostly just working to maintain its history in an effort to preserve it for the years to come. They're hoping that status as a historical landmark will help them achieve that. I wanted to make sure that this place was going to be preserved. Uh, I don't, you know, I wouldn't want to die. And then in a few years, they bring a bulldozer in here and knock all of this down and build condominiums or something on it. You know, I'm, I'm not 
I wouldn't be too fond of that. Well, this is going to prevent that from ever happening. Thank you, Lexi, for that bit of time travel. The historic Boomin Ranch isn't open to the public. However, you may be able to catch it on the occasional tour hosted by the Encinitas Preservation Association. That is all we have for you this week on the North County Beat. If you like what you heard, make sure you share it with a friend. You can never get enough local news. We are now on all of the podcasting platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. Just look up the North County Beat, you know, like Beat Drop, that'll help you remember. And make sure you subscribe and download our newest episodes every single Friday. Before we go, some thank yous are in order. Contributing reporters to this episode were Lexi Bro, Tony McCray, Steve Paterski, Woe Kwok, and Bill Vanderberg. Our editor-in-chief is Abraham Jewett. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. Our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm Kelly Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>